Rebag is a luxury resale marketplace. They have a curated collection of investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry. Each piece is carefully vetted and verified by experts. You can buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Hermes, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com to get 10% off your first purchase with code REBAG10. That's Rebag.com to get 10% off your first purchase with code REBAG10. and welcome to Childproof by Betches Media. I'm Tori Phantom. And I'm Gwena Lathland. This podcast goes out to all the parents who can't wait for their kids to go to sleep. And to all the parents who miss them as soon as they are. I'm both. And and then do you stay awake for entirely too long after the kids have given it up? Oh, yeah, I need that sweet, sweet silence while I'm awake. I regret it every day. Revenge wakefulness. Nobody fucking needs me right now. I, I start doing reverse sleep math. Like if I if they go to sleep now and I go to sleep then, <laughs> then I have three hours to be awake and then I'll get seven hours. To, it's I spend a lot of time it's, it's doing okay. that. And I'm wasting the time. It's, it's mom math. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's mom math. It, it makes me a good mom because I'm so good at math. I, <laughs> <laughs> and then I wake up the next morning. I'm like, oh, why am I always tired? Because I didn't go to bed till one because no one needed me. Yeah. Right. And then the alarm doesn't matter what time you go to bed. The alarm's going off at the same time. Right. Either my phone is beeping at me or there's a small child. Mama. What? (laughs) Oh, you said beeping. You know what we need? The timer. Uh, We need the timer. So do you know I got in trouble with my kid this week? Did I tell you that? No, you did not. Uh, So, okay. So Jim, my partner, decides to take my kids to this festival over the weekend right and while they were there like there's all the craft booths and stuff and my littlest lady five years old sees a bigfoot sign as one would as one would a big tin sign we're in kentucky of course and it says bigfoot's recently spotted it's like this warning sign with bigfoots and insists daddy i need this sign and of course daddy is wrapped around her tiny little finger and he's also a cryptid lover so he was like yes yeah. absolutely we need the absolutely sign. yes yeah for sure. So he gets the sign and she comes home proudly with this sign. And it's like, mama, you have to hang up my sign in my room. And I said, okay, I will. Right. But it was like, we were busy. It was like bedtime. I said, I'll do it mm-hmm. tomorrow. You're going to be at school. And she said, okay. And then she goes to school. And so the sign was in her room and I don't typically go in my kids' rooms during the day. What do I need to do that for? Right. So I don't think about it. And then at bedtime, I was tucking her in and she goes, mama, you forgot my sign. And I was like, oh my goodness. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I'll, I'll do it tomorrow. And then the same thing happened. So the next day. You're a bad mom. <laughs> Listen, I have the ADHD, okay? Out of sight, out of mind. So- bad mom. Bad mom. How dare you not hang up the cryptid sign? I know. So the next night, I'm talking to her and she's like, mom, my sign, right? Because she hadn't thought of it either. She's only thinking of it at bedtime. So I'm not the only one who has forgotten about it. And she's been home for hours. And now you know about the sign. And my sign used to be, do it now. And I'm like, I have to get the hammer out and I have to find the nails to hang up the sign because it's a big tin sign. I can't just thumbtack this. I said, where even is it? And she points up, it's up in her closet shelf. So like it was so mm-hmm. out of sight, out of mind. I said, here's what It was what never going to happen. It was yeah. never going to happen. So I said, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to take the sign and I'm going to go put it on the couch where I pass by it every morning, where I sit every morning. I said, I'm going to go get the hammer and nails and I'm going to put it all in a pile so that I cannot forget because it is going to be right there. And she's like, cross your heart. 
And I said, cross my heart. We don't do pinky promises because if I try to pinky promise them, they like bite my pinky. It's weird. <laughs> I don't know why that started, but they won't stop. So we just cross your heart. I was going to say, we, we pinky promise, but so far teeth have not been involved in that process. I don't know why it started and I hate it. So I just <laughs> stop. And um, so this is why we can't have nice things, kids. So I hang up the sign. Okay. I hang up because I asked, I said, where do you want the sign to be hung up? And she said, mm, surprise me. And I said, okay. So, you know, I'm looking and I'm like, okay. Tori, that is the rookiest move. You know better. Well, listen, no. And I knew that. And I said to her like six times, I'm like, are you sure? Like, do you want it here? Do you want it there? And she insisted. She's like, I don't care where you put it. I just want it up. I love it so much. Okay. Rookie move from not a rookie mom. She's like the most happy, go lucky, agreeable kid. And I'm like, okay, I'll surprise you. Right. So I have this big tin sign that's kind of warped. And I'm like, well, I'm not hanging it above her bed because if it falls, I don't want her to like in the middle of the night, like take a Bigfoot sign to the big toe. So <laughs> I hung it up across from her bed. And so that night I'm tucking her in and she notices the sign and is like, well, I didn't want it there. <laughs> I knew it. I, like, I knew how that was going to go down. And so I explained why I put it there. And she was like, yeah, OK, I like it. <laughs> so so yeah that that firmly plants you in according to the internet bad mom territory because you definitely broke a promise yeah i didn't even like see usually she will say that i broke a promise but because i didn't promise until that that second night i i followed through yeah but yeah i definitely like that's bad mom territory because bad i took, territory. took two days to put up a bigfoot sign i think <laughs> We should discuss all the ways that we are quote unquote bad moms. Yeah, that's, I'm here for it because we're the worst, probably. We're the worst. We, the we're worst. absolutely yeah. awful. So sometimes parenting is sort of like a survival contest. Actually, the more I think about it, the more I'm like, it's exactly like Survivor because <laughs> everything is dirty. No one has the correct items of clothes on, or if they do, they're wearing them wrong. The game makes no sense. And there's one toy that everyone desperately wants and will viciously turn on each other to get. Parenting is pretty much just the game show Survivor. Yeah. And there's like the, yeah. the little, I, what's the word I'm looking for where they combine into a little team? There's a word for that that is not in my brain. I'm sure there is. Someone will tell us. Anyway. Yeah. No, it's Survivor. <laughs> honestly, honestly, it's like Survivor, but also mixed with fear factor. Because like, <laughs> what's in your mouth? Why is it in your mouth? Is that a booger on the wall? I don't want to touch the booger wall. Why is everything sticky? Is is it like a sleep deprivation challenge? What do I win? What do I win? Put, why is there a tarantula in the house? And why is it all of a sudden my problem? Whoever brought the tarantula in the house needs to remove the tarantula from the house. Why is there a frog in the house? Because there was a cricket in the house. So I wanted the frog to eat the cricket. Oh my, I've read this book. It's called If There, there Was an Old Lady Who Swallowed a Fly. We don't need to do this. We don't need to do this. What's going to get the frog? Okay, so full confession mode. So I have been a parent for 16 years, which means I have seen 16 evolutions of things you should and should not do for your children. That's a lot. And it's, it's not just stuff that was 16 years ago that we've since learned is bad. Like, as little as five years ago. Right. Right. Do you remember the Fisher Price Rockin' Place? My youngest lived in that. Yeah. Both of my littles just rock and play was life. And if you if if you don't know what a rock and play is, it was essentially just two rectangles of metal tube 
that were X'd together and a sling of fabric was hung between two of those rectangles. And there was a button to make it vibrate. Yeah. And you could rock it, right? Because the the bottom was... And then a couple of them were really fancy and they had this little like peg that would come out of the bottom and make it rock automatically. I didn't have that kind of money. I didn't have that kind of money but either, that was, but they had some That was some a, a lifesaver for me when I had yeah. two older kids in the baby because if she needed a nap and I needed my hands, mm-hmm. rock and play. Right. And then as soon as my kids got too big to safely use the rock and play. They recalled them all. They recalled them all. <laughs> they recalled them all. They're very dangerous. You should not use a rock and play. You should not use a rock and play. But, like, we didn't have any of that information when I bought two rock and play. It was like everyone loved it. It was the whole, it was, everyone encouraged it. And that's how quickly that information changes. And then if you didn't hear that, like, Mm -hmm. just stay away from Facebook mom groups. Honestly. (laughs) Well, and then, and then when stuff like that happens, when, like, your child survived, literally in this case, survived the use of this item that we then figured out was bad. Like there's this layer of guilt. Like, oh my God, did I just almost kill my child? Oh, it's so scary. And there's so many things. And I feel like in the age of information, it can be almost frightening because you can, you can confirmation bias and anxiety about any product ever. (laughs) You really can. There's some sort of horror story about every single thing. And while that is also devastating, it doesn't mean that it is generally a poorly designed product that is dangerous. Like the rock and play turned out that they were like, actually, this is dangerous and we need to stop because of body positioning right. for the baby. But when you hear that thing, you can end up in a Google hole where you're looking up every other product you own for your baby trying to figure out. And then you're like, actually, my baby can't have anything. Right. Just rubber room pads. Yep. Going to bubble wrap the baby. But but only like mesh breathable pads because breathing. Yeah, no, but those are probably dangerous too. So, <laughs> well, and it and it leaves it leaves parents just sort of waving in the wind, like wacky waving inflatable arm flailing tube man. Yes, <laughs> like you think you've got it, and just boom, another gust of information, and you're folded over, kissing the ground. And then because the way that it can work, and especially if you are struggling with something like postpartum anxiety. Like I have, I have regular anxiety too. And so I do this thing called catastrophizing and that was a lot worse with a baby. (laughs) So I, when my oldest was a baby, I got crib bumpers because my brain was like, I don't want her to get stuck between the bars. That sounds really dangerous. And at the time, the crib bumpers were not recommended against. And so I had the crib bumpers. And then, you know, within a year, it was, these are so dangerous. We graduated to tight fitting sheets. Yeah. And so that was a bad mom for me. Um, Abby got cereal in her bottle. Really? Yeah. 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 Well, because 16 years ago, my pediatrician, who I trusted, who treated us very well, who was very knowledgeable and was the first to say, I don't know that answer. Let me look this up. Let me find some information and point you to the right resources. Loved our pediatrician, looked me dead in the eye and goes, well, if she's about ready, if she's showing signs of readiness to eat solid food, you know step her up and start putting rice cereal in her bottles. Well, now we know that's bad. Like that creates textural issues and choking hazard. It adds no nutritional value. Yeah. yeah. And doesn't even add extra calories. Yeah. Right. It, it, it makes them feel full, but they don't have their caloric intake. Can I tell you when it comes to the baby cereals? Uh, you know how I have this thing where I will take things literally and like not understand it. And then I feel really silly when I learn what it actually is. Uh, before 
you know, when my baby was born and I would hear people say like, oh, like you'll go to the baby cereals and stuff. And I'm like, isn't like, why, why would I give my four month old Cheerios? <laughs> like I didn't know there was like this powdered cereal. So yeah, I was, it looks like mashed potato flakes, but it's made right, out of right. rice. I was so confused because people were like, oh, you should just give her the baby cereal. And I'm like, like Fruit Loops? <laughs> she, she doesn't even have teeth. Well, and it's, this is not, this is not. Like a thing that's only happened to our generation of parents. Like I was born in 1984 and my mom recently moved, which means she unearthed all of my childhood pictures. And she found one that she had thankfully labeled 1985. And it was me sitting in the car in the biggest death trap I have ever seen a child in. The car seats of the 1980s were horrifying <laughs> and the thing those were even better though like i asked my grandmother once right my grandmother who started having kids in 1958 i asked her i said what did you do like before car seats because i realized like you can look at historical car seats the first car seats were not meant for safety but to make it so the kid could look out the window yeah and so i asked her i said what about like when you had a newborn and she said well there would be like a bassinet that you would just sit in the back seat and once they could move they like you didn't use seatbelts back then they were just bouncing around the car having a good old fun time and now we're like we go to car seat safety specialists and and we consult experts because it's a totally different game and so i don't think any of it makes you a bad mom you do the best you can with the information you have at the time but when you learn the information afterwards you go uh what? Oh, yeah. I have I have a, a close friend who uh, is a wheelchair user. And the reason he is a wheelchair user is because back in 1971, when he was a, a tot, um, he his favorite place to ride in their car was the shelf in the back window oh, no. of the car. Oh, no. And he always jokes like when people ask him about his story or he's sharing his story of how he became a wheelchair user, he's like, yeah, no, I used to ride in the shelf of the uh, Chevy and my mom braked really hard. Oh my gosh. That's, but they were in a car accident, but like there was an accepted practice. That's just how it worked. Right. Right. You wouldn't think that that wasn't okay because until something goes wrong, you can't imagine that it would happen for sure. Now, to his credit, he is a staunch car seat advocate at this point in his life. Car seats are good. Car seats are so good. And that's the thing, too, is I think that we we kind of get hung up because we feel like we're a bad mom if we don't know everything. You can't know everything. You can do your best and you can do your research and you can ask ex experts, but you can't do you can't know everything. Well, and sometimes you don't even know what question to ask. Yeah. Right. You can't know what you don't know. And so in those situations, like you're not a bad mom if you made a decision and then a year later you learned like that was a horrible decision. If you were if you were doing your best, that's oh that's okay. I mean, we've we've all done things, especially when our kids were little, when we were first time moms trying to figure it out and we're like, oh, I don't I don't know what to do here. And this I got the bumbo seat, you know, like the little one. And it has and I got it and I, I got it for my middle-aged kiddo who had the cutest, biggest, chunkiest thighs I've ever seen on a baby. Just sweet potato ham thighs. She didn't fit because of her thighs. Like she <laughs> literally, she didn't fit. And I had to return it. And then like literally a week later, this information came out about how bumbos were not a great option. Like, and they're still on the market. They're not the worst thing ever, but it's very a moderation thing because of the way that it supports the child. 
But at the time, I like saw that and I was like, well, thunder thighs are always great. Like the thighs, the thighs saved your hips. <laughs> and that's new information in the past five years. We now have this term container babies. Mm-hmm. So that's a term for stuff you stick your baby in. Seats, rockers, bouncers, bumbos, even boppies. Boppies can be considered a container. And in various ways, mostly due to overuse or over-reliance, but in various ways, those can be bad for baby's neck position or their spine development or their core development. Okay, yeah, heard. But also, I got to pee and this sex trophy has learned to crawl. (laughs) And that's, but when you hear this information, you feel like, so I can never put my baby down. That's no, that's not it. We're not going to go to the extreme. We just, you should pick your baby up too. Like it is, I will never forget. I have a brother who is 12 years older than me. And when I was pregnant with my eldest, right, I was a teenager still. And he was 30 something. And he already had two kids that were, you know, I don't know, like tweens, right? And he had given me some sort of bassinet thing. And he's like, yeah, he's like, you're going to want a few of these, like few different options here. And I was like, why? And he's like, cause you're not going to want to hold the baby all the time. You think you're going to want to hold the baby all the time. This is your first kid. You think that you're they no. get fucking heavy, man. He's like, he's like, you're going to want some options because you're going to want to put the baby down and, and you're going to want to put the baby down in different rooms and different places for different things. You, th- this is one you're going to want more. <laughs> Do your kids ever steal toys from each other obviously do your kids ever steal each other's kiwico boxes they don't steal them but they do sometimes get in heated debates over who gets which one over who gets what yeah kiwico is a subscription service that sends kids crates packed with engaging hands-on activities designed to introduce them to science technology and art concepts kiwico sent my youngest daughter a box to build her own ukulele yeah, my kids are taking shifts with their KiwiCo light box art kit. And KiwiCo delivers seriously fun learning for kids of all ages through hands-on projects and activities. With nine monthly programs to choose from, KiwiCo has something for kids of all ages, ranging from infants and preschoolers to teens and beyond. Discover real science, technology, engineering, art, and math concepts through fun hands-on projects delivered to your door every month. Each crate is designed by real experts and tested by kids to ensure that every experience is age-appropriate, engaging, and seriously fun. Redefine learning with play. Explore projects that build confidence and problem-solving skills with KiwiCo. Get 50% off your first month on any crate line at KiwiCo.com with promo code CHILDPROOF. That's 50% off your first month at KiwiCo.com, promo code childproof. So my kid has entered this new existence of personhood where she really cares about her clothes. Mm -hmm. I found a solution where I'm getting higher quality items that are also affordable. Quince. Like they have, they have such great quality stuff. They have so many options, like 100% Mongolian cashmere sweaters for $50, organic cotton sweaters, washable silk tops, and timeless 14-karat gold jewelry. Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And by partnering with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes the savings on to us. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. 
I love that. Indulge in affordable luxury. Go to quince.com slash childproof for free shipping on your order in 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash childproof to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash childproof. Also, I need you all to delete the comments you're currently typing about baby wearing. This was 11 years ago. It was not trendy yet. I was baby wearing 11 years ago. Were you? I did not have baby wearing as an option. Here's why. I had one of those like bucket car seats. Uh Uh-huh. And I have no upper body strength despite (laughs) going to the gym every single day. And I could not. I was getting bruising all up and down my leg because I couldn't really support the thing. And so it kept banging on my leg. And I had a friend who... You're just watching your baby's like head bounce around in there. (laughs) Yeah. And I I was like, I can't do it. And I had a friend who said, hey, try this. And it was a wrap. And so then I was like, wait, this makes going to the grocery store easier. This makes doing these things easier. That's the most emo mom move. You were doing baby raps before it was cool. Uh, yeah. They just call me a hipster. But <laughs> I did. I, I loved it. So I would literally tie this wrap on before I ever left the house because then when I got her out of her car seat, I could just slip her right into the wrap and we could go about our business. And I literally baby carry. I had so many. I had so many. And I was baby carrying until a couple of years ago. Like my youngest, I think, was three by the time I stopped. I, I loved it. <laughs> I I could not, I very much wanted to, but I had one baby who had absolutely no interest in it. And the other baby would like it, but only if his sister was in there with him and his sister wanted nothing to do with it. So he was cool with it as long as he had a friend. And baby wearing twins is a different level. It is. And and as a plusy too. So like I, I'm already limited in how many wraps are available for my type of body. And then I've got two babies. So... I loved baby wearing. Uh, One of my kids wasn't interested and the other one was iffy about it. So again, this is another one of those things that makes you feel like a really bad mom. Because if you read all of the perks and pros of baby wearing, you're like, oh, yes, I would love this. And then your baby has the audacity to not like it. I'll just tell you, if you feel guilty because you didn't baby wear or you don't want to or you don't like to, it's not like this is so good for them. Some of us just did it because we were lazy. (laughs) and had no upper arm strength so you know it's the choices that we make are in the long term does it matter that my 11 year old was baby carried not at all not at all she's still an 11 year old (laughs) it doesn't make a difference yeah it doesn't make a difference well one of the things that uh and even my mom was guilty of like is this the right way to do it i was like probably not but my children did not eat in high chairs from the time that they could walk when they learn to walk, we abandon the high chair entirely. Same. And even crawling. I, yeah. I hated cleaning it. We would put extra food on our plate or if they weren't eating the same thing we were, like they had purees, we would just hand them the little like grabber spoon the babies use when they're first learning to use a spoon. And they would just wander the house. And when they would like drive by bites. Yeah. Yeah. And we kept doing that until they were almost four. <laughs> See, I just, um, I, my theory has always been if they're eating, I'm happy. And yeah. I, I stand by that now. Now, of course, they are older. So we do have rules that, that food has to stay in the kitchen and like sit to eat. And because I have this thing with my kids where I'm like, I actually don't know how you continue to grow because I don't think you've actually made a bite of food 
get into your mouth and ears. <laughs> it all just, you like crumble it and then just drop it on the floor in front of your seat. Yeah. And I don't know how you made crumbs out of that banana, but okay. And <laughs> But the, the high chairs, I hated cleaning them. I, I loved the little baby puffs. I would do this thing, uh, probably bad mom, but I would get the baby puffs and like the arrowroot cookies and I'd go, one for you, one for me, one for you. <laughs> they're so good. I kind of miss the arrowroot cookies. They're delicious. When my littles were crawling, we had just pulled up our carpet and put down laminate hardwoods. So I would get out the mop and I would just use water yeah. and I would wet down the floor and then dry it off and then i would throw out those puffs like fucking chicken feed <laughs> just let my kids go to town on them fetch it's fine just it's fine there you go have a snack kids <laughs> no i'll tell i think one of my biggest bad mom things that that people on the internet would look at me and be like oh, like that that real big side eye scoff yeah i have ipad kids I have, yeah. no, I have no yeah. shame about that. None at all. They they were on, they got tablets, or I don't know, somewhere between three and four. The more kids I had, the younger they were introduced. Uh, and here's the thing is, <laughs> I, just, I just figured out that math. the more kids I had, the younger they were. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and here's the thing is that I will not do a thing where I'm like, but I'm not like those those parents with the iPad kids who throw these fits to do this, that, the other. No, we are all in the same, we are all in the same circle. Okay, They're, we're all seated at the same table, and I do not love the judgment that happens online when you see someone take a video of some child that's not theirs, and they're throwing a fit, and they're holding an iPad, and then the entire comment section is like, my kids will never have an iPad. iPad, baby, this, and th shut up. You don't know. You don't know what that kid's day was like. You don't know what their actual screen time is like. like so maybe they have the iPad when they're out because it helps mom be able to focus on things, and they don't get it at home. You don't know what the rules are, the boundaries are around the iPad. Do some people maybe not make great choices with the screen time with their children? Sure. Is that your place to make commentary on? Absolutely not. And I have iPad kids. And some days it is hardly at all because we're busy. We're doing things. We're having fun. And some days it's a lot of time. And you know what? It's fine. I get on, the, I get on my phone. We'll play Roblox together. Uh, my middleest kid taught herself to read at four years old using the iPad. My eldest is learning how to animate. She's doing drawing on the iPad. We love tablets. And I have no shame about that, even if you think I'm a bad mom. We are not as big on the iPads in my house. We use them as road trip of over an hour. If we're going to be in the car for over an hour, I don't let iPads out of the house. See, that's that's fascinating. I don't let them out of the house. Nope. The iPads only leave the house, but we have pretty much unlimited TV time with the exception of dinner or anytime I need you to not focus on the TV for a hot sec, the TV is probably on. It may be running old episodes of The Office at a very low volume, yeah. but it's constantly, it's always See, on. See, I don't even have a TV in my living room. So like we're not, <laughs> we're not big TV people, but the iPad has all of our streaming apps. So while they might have the iPad on, like the iPad is playing SpongeBob. And they are two feet away from it playing with their toys. So it's like yeah, iPads on, but it's like, it's really, I've always believed quality over quantity. And so if you are spending five hours doing a really cool animation, like I'm not going to be like, well, get off the screen because you shouldn't be on the screen time. Like you're doing a really cool thing that I don't even know how to do. So it's, it's the quality over quantity. And, you know, that's a whole different episode about screen time. But what? And when, and like when the TV's on, yes, yeah, sometimes it's just background accompaniment. But when we sit down to watch the TV, we are really intentional. We have been on a weather video kick 
So we're watching all of these really cool. There's a there's a YouTube creator called Pecos Hank who gets the most amazing shots of really cool weather phenomena. And my son is obsessed. And you know what? I embrace this. Yeah. Yes. Let's watch all the things about skeletons. Let's watch all the things about tornadoes and how lightning is made. Yeah. yeah. I'm into it. And that's my kid got really into this show called Who Was? And it is about historical figures. And it is done in sketch comedy for children. I also love this show. Okay. It is Wait, great. hold on. Let me. What was it? Who was? <laughs> and the cool thing is what I knew when my kid found the show is that Who Was is an entire children's book series that is about historical figures. And so we've been watching this show and now we're going to the bookstore later to get some of the books. And so like we can bridge these things. I don't think it's, uh, I, in my opinion, it is not worth demonizing screens and technology entirely because that is the reality of the time we live in. But using it for good and setting boundaries, not so much around time, but about why we're using it and what we're doing, that is more important to me. So we keep about four to five different snack packages. You get to a point in parenting, you know, you just have to have snacks. And we have a new favorite to keep in the car. And it fits like right in my center console, the box. It's perfect. What is it? Chomps. It had not occurred to me to put chomps in the car yet. Yeah, <gasps> they're perfect. Grab one out. It's a great pick-me-up after school because of the protein. And chomps taste so good, and they really make healthy snacking easier. Every bite is bursting with bold flavor and comes in a variety of flavors for everyone. With zero sugar, up to 12 grams of protein, and chompable flavors, you can take bigger, bolder, and better bites every time in the car or wherever else you're eating a chomps. Chomsticks come in nine delicious flavors, so make sure you grab a variety pack so that you can taste every flavor. Trust me, that taco flavor, you're not going to want to miss out on that one. That's actually the first one we put in the car. Chomps makes filling your snack cupboard or car even easier because you can order online and have them delivered straight to your door. You will still actually have to put them in your car once they've arrived at your door. You can even subscribe for ongoing savings. And right now, Chomps is offering our listeners 20% off your first order and free shipping when you go to chomps.com slash childproof. Go to chomps.com slash childproof to see all the delicious flavors and get 20% off your first order and free shipping. That's C-H-O-M-P-S dot com slash childproof. Don't forget to use our link so they know we sent you. So you know that I own a burnt baguette in the shape of a dachshund named Rosalind, right? Yes. I got this dog and when I adopted her, I had to drive two hours one way to pick her up mm -hmm. and then two hours back the other way to pick her up. Whose dog? is Rosalind. Is it your husband's dog now? Yeah, it's Jax. It's my husband's <laughs> Jax. Do you know what he told me about yesterday? What? ASPCA health insurance for pets. It's not your dog. You just want to make sure she's taken care of. The ASPCA Pet Health Insurance Program offers customizable accident and illness plans, making it easier for pet parents like you and Jack to help you get your pet the care they might need. The ASPCA Pet Health Insurance Program has been around for over 18 years, and they've helped more than 600,000 pets during that time. They allow you to customize your plan, helping ensure that your pet's plan is as unique as they are. As vet bills can really, really add up. It's simple. Use their app to submit a claim, and you'll receive reimbursement for eligible vet bills directly into your bank account. To explore coverage, visit ASPCA petinsurance.com slash childproof. That's ASPCA petinsurance.com slash childproof. Again, that's ASPCA petinsurance.com slash 
child-proof. This is a paid advertisement. Insurance is underwritten by either Independence American Insurance Company or United States Fire Insurance Company and produced by PTZ Insurance Agency Limited. The ASPCA is not an insurer and is not engaged in the business of insurance. Would you like to know the worst bad mom thing I think I've ever done? Yes. It, 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 it makes me a bad mom automatically. My babies slept in swings. Mine, mine did. My oldest did for a while. It was, it was that or nothing. My, my littles. This was five years ago. I knew better. But if my daughter did not feel like she was about to be yeeted off the planet, the conditions were not correct for sleep. So I would, when I was awake and I had energy to do this, I would football hold her across my body with her head up toward my shoulder and my whole arm around her butt and body. And I would swing back and forth so hard. Like I, this is so fast. You could feel your spine crackling. Like I was getting an oblique workout every time I had to do this. Yeah. It was fantastic cardio, but like that was the only way to put her to sleep for like two straight months. Mm -hmm. And so sometimes I would have to put her in the dang swing and just turn it to max so I could sleep too. That's the thing too, that I think is important. If like, when we say things like this, we're not saying you should do this. No. No, I knew better, but I was pure survival. It is it is an acknowledgement of the desperation we felt at the time. Yes. And yes. and it is a moment of solidarity. But yeah, like you shouldn't put your kid to sleep in a swing. It's there's there's so much more information even now than five years ago. Uh but there was there was nights that I would do that because it was that or not sleep at all. Right, right. And it wasn't every night. Like I said, I I did the body thing all the time. But there were sometimes I just I couldn't. It was it I was when you hadn't sleep. slept in a week, right? Right. At, at the moments of desperation, they slept in their swing more often than I'm proud of. Not every time. Yeah. More often than I'm proud of. And I'm going to acknowledge our luck and privilege. Yeah. That I have healthy, happy, uninjured five year olds. It is not one of those things where you go, see, it was fine. You go, I was very lucky. I was very lucky. I was very lucky. And would I do it again? Hopefully not. Hopefully if, not. Hopefully not. I'm fixed, so I don't even have a uterus, so <laughs> <laughs> I got I got myself spayed, y'all. Yeah. <laughs> but when we're talking about babies, you know the thing that I think about too? Do you remember the vitamin D drops? Yeah. <laughs> and like I, I chest fed my kids, so I also had to do iron drops. And those things mm -hmm. smelled so and I did, I did my best. I was a real stickler about it with my eldest and with the younger ones. So I do sometimes. And like <laughs> to this day, when I bring my kids for their checkups and they, they ask you, do you give them a multivitamin? And my answer is a non-answer. What I say when they say, do your kids take a multivitamin? I say, when I remember it. <laughs> See, I managed to empower my kids. They will remind me of their own vitamin. I... Don't remember it. <laughs> They're fine. <laughs> I, I was not good. So we didn't have the drops, but it was high. It still is highly recommended that you take tiny babies outside and let them get vitamin D from the sun. I'm pretty sure as adults, we're also supposed to go outside. I think we are also supposed to get vitamin D from the sun. Apparently, you're supposed to take tiny babies and yourselves outside. I did not do that. I don't. I, I think I maybe did it four or five times for each of my three children <laughs> combined. Two of them were born in high summer in Oklahoma. I had babies and it was in the New York winter. 
Yeah. <laughs> I can put so many layers on them that the sun's not even going to touch their skin, you know? Right. <laughs> the, we have vitamin D to their eyelids because that's the only part of their body exposed to the elements. Vitamin D or frostbite. <laughs> the, the oldest one was born in October, which is historically a, a, a very lovely month of weather. I have no excuse for why I didn't take her outside. I was just fucking tired, y'all. <laughs> right, what do I do when I get there? Um, and I think honestly, I think she's fine. She runs cross country now. Yeah. She's an honor student. And it's funny because like you do the best you can and it's not like you've never left the house. Like you would go in the car and stuff. You don't have to walk out there. And it's, you feel like such a bad mom. Like I'm going to mess my kid up because I'm not doing everything to the book. Perfect. And then like your kid grows up and they're perfectly fine and really cool. And it didn't actually matter that much. And that's not to say you shouldn't care about any of these things, but like just in the long term, the amount of impact those vitamin D drops had probably not that big, probably not that. And again, this is another one of those things. Talk to your pediatrician, talk to your care team, talk to your physicians. Yes, we are not giving medical advice. This is, this is. We're not giving medical advice. Mm-mm. No, that's We're not what this is. We're just saying that despite being given the information, being a parent is really hard. It is. It's so much. I go through spurts with vitamins. We'll go like, a, we'll all be taking vitamins every single day for a month. And then I forget mm-hmm. about it for like two <laughs> you know it, just, it comes back it always comes back around you know another another thing that makes me a bad mom yeah uh, so you know i used to be a perfect parent oh were you and then i had kids oh uh, yeah. yeah then i had then i had kids but anyway before i had kids um especially this was most prevalent when i was pregnant because uh prior to getting pregnant i didn't want to have kids so i didn't think about these things at all <laughs> but when I was pregnant, I was like, you know what? Candy, cupcakes, sweets. We're just, I'm just not going to have them in the house. She can't crave what she doesn't know exists, which is not how that works at all. And then she was born. And second go around, I really focused on we're not going to discuss deprivation. We're going to discuss moderation. That's my kids know any single thing I can talk about balance in, I'm going to. I refuse to call food unhealthy. I say the only thing unhealthy is if we're not finding a good balance. It is totally fine that you want to eat the cupcake. Totally cool. We also need to eat nutritionally dense food. I refuse to demonize food. It's good. We have. Uh, and eat what you need rule. So we'll dish out everything and I will control amounts. Like if I know you're probably not going to dig this, but I do want you to to interact with it. We're just going to put a couple pieces of cauliflower on your plate. I'll, I'll put a, a larger amount of the things that I know are safe foods are comfortable and you definitely will eat. And then I'll also put your dessert right on the plate. We're not a dessert last. Eat the cupcake first. You can have seconds of anything you want that we still have, except dessert. See, I don't put the dessert on the plate with it because I never really know what I'm going to pull out for that. Uh, and I do, I do know my kids and they're, they're going to eat that first and then they're going to, they're going to say, oh, I'm not hungry now. I'm like, yes, you are. Yes, you are. And, and that's fine. It's, but it's not a thing that they're earning, right? That's, that's really my point. They're not earning the dessert. It's just a after it's a separate thing that we're doing. And, but you, I've talked about this before. I bribe my kid to try new foods. There's <laughs> yes, like there's no consequence. Don't, don't you straight up pay her? Yes. When she successfully does? 100%. There's no consequence <laughs> if she doesn't try a food. If she does not try the food, then that's fine. That's your choice. You looked at it. You sniffed it. You decided no. Cool. But if you decide to try it, it's like an incentive because she has anxiety trying new food. So if she is anxious about trying it, well, the incentive is I will get a dollar. 
So sometimes that is just enough to push her to do it. I feel like inflation has hit this. No, listen, because it's a very specific way I do this. Okay. (laughs) Because. I feel like it was a smaller amount though. You can cash out when you hit $5. Mm -hmm. Okay. And we do this with Robux, you know, toddler Bitcoin. And (laughs) so she will get to a point where she really wants something on Roblox. And so she's, well, mom, what, what am I at right now? How many dollars do I have? Well, you have $3. What are two foods I can try? Can we look for some food for me to try? <laughs> and so it's become this thing where she is now like, she'll get to a point like, I really want this thing and I know I can earn it. And because it's not like, it's not an easy task for her. She really is earning it. And yesterday she tried garlic bread and loved it so much. She ate the whole thing and then wouldn't stop talking about pizza because apparently now she really wants that because it smells the same. And so now she's like, are we going to do pizza on Friday? And I said, yeah, we'll do pizza Friday. Okay, Friday. Friday is going to be that's We're going to do pizza on Friday. Yes, we're going to do pizza on Friday. Like, so Friday. Do you want me to make pizza tomorrow? Please make pizza tomorrow, mama. <laughs> All right. You got it. Yep. We're making pizza. Yep. Mm-hmm. doing it yep but then she gets to cash out and uh yeah so i don't know that's probably a bad mom move too bribing your kid with money absolutely it you works suck. though yeah i'm the worst <laughs> i suck too <laughs> you know gwana i am getting hungry that i'm always hungry i have to squeeze in a meal time before i go get my kids i'm so excited do you know what I have. Is it a hungry root? Do you have a hungry root for you? I have a hungry root ready to eat chicken tikka masala and it's so good. I am now jealous because I did not know that hungry root had chicken tikka masala in one of their ready meals. It's the easiest way to get fresh high quality food delivered to your door and you have full control of what they send you. You take a fun, short quiz, and Hungry Root will get to know you, your goals, and how you like to eat. Then they'll build you a personalized cart with all your grocery needs for the week and give you delicious recipe recommendations to put those groceries to good use. The best selection of good-for-your-body, good-for-your-brain snacks. Hungry Root will recommend recipes and groceries based on your tastes. Take their suggestions or choose anything you want. They've got fresh produce, high-quality meat and seafood, pantry staples, healthy snacks and sweets, and much more. And right now, Hungry Root is offering childproof listeners 40% off your first delivery and free veggies for life. Just go to HungryRoot.com slash childproof to get 40% off your first delivery and get your free veggies. That's HungryRoot.com slash childproof. Don't forget to use our link so they know we sent you. Did you know that kids eat 1,095 meals every year? The best part is that we parents have the grand honor of making sure they're fed each and every one. Honestly, the responsibility kind of sucks sometimes, but we're here with some real help and camaraderie too. We're Stacy and Megan, hosts of Didn't I Just Feed You, a weekly podcast that gets real about what it takes to feed our families. We're two longtime food professionals who, between us, have worked on five cookbooks, two television shows, countless stories for publications like Better Homes and Gardens and TheKitchen.com. Despite all of this work experience, at the end of the day, We, too, are just two working parents who also get tired making meals happen at home. Tune in to Didn't I Just Feed You for kitchen tricks, product recommendations, and tons of meal ideas, like how to turn nachos into a legit family dinner. Get inspired by our bi-weekly What We're Cooking and Eating Now series, or check out How to Get Your Cooking Mojo Back for even more ideas. I also suck because I don't do school fundraisers. Absolutely not. Mm -mm. Mm-mm. No, not doing it. I don't do it. But I do. Okay, here's here's what I do. 
Here's what I do, okay? Because like, you know, you get the ones that come home and they're like, oh, if your kid just, if you just start their site and send out this many emails, they'll get a prize immediately. And then based on the number of sales, they'll get more prizes. And I'm like, yeah, I'll get you that prize, kid. And so I will go to the website and I will set up their account. Uh, and you know, you got to send out 10 emails. I have five emails. Uh, Jim has three. And then I just need like two more. Just... Uh, <laughs> That's what I do. And if there's a different type of fundraiser where it's like there's an incentive, if they sell this much, they get to like do a field trip or like whatever the case may be. I, I'll just send in like how much did they need to sell? How much money? worth? Cool. There's 50 bucks. I, just, I did that. I did that last year. They had this fundraiser. And if they raised $50 worth of stuff, they could go on this field trip to the McDonald's. Uh-huh. And my kid was like, "Mom, I really want to do this. Like, my friends are all going because they got to do this, and like, we need to, we need to, we need to sell fifty dollars worth of stuff." And I'm, I don't. Here's fifty bucks, kid. Most expensive Happy Meal I've ever purchased. That's exactly what I do. In fact, it's to the point now that I've been doing this for so long. Abby, now when she gets a fundraiser for any of her extracurricular activities, she just straight up asks, "How much do you want us to uh, like?" How much do you expect us to bring home with with this fundraising? They're like, well, just sell as much as you can. No, no, no. I need a number. Like, what's the what what's the number you're aiming for me to have accomplished? I don't know, fifty bucks. Okay, I'll just bring you fifty bucks because my mom is not gonna. This my kid for a club. They were selling uh, mums, and every mum that they sold would put like ten dollars to, towards their club dues. And my kid through this whole thing, she's like, mom, well, the orders are due today. Like, did we sell? And I said, no, we didn't sell any. I didn't even look at that. And she's like, why? I said, baby, I know three people. <laughs> so it would only take $30 off of the dues that I'm still just going to have to pay. You have to pay for And now I don't have to make a trip out to pick up the moms. Yeah. <laughs> and and I again, this is another one of those times that I have to acknowledge I am privileged to be able to act like this. I have definitely... I had to ask my my parents for help with it and pulled together money. Like, <laughs> but even when I wasn't, I called my mom. She's got a fundraiser D of like seventy five bucks, so I don't have to do this. I just like call my dad and lay on a really thick guilt trip. <laughs> like, like we don't we don't even talk much. It'll be like three months since we talked. I'm like, Dad, my kid's got a fundraiser. I need seventy dollars. <laughs> <laughs> um, am I gonna get anything for it? Absolutely not. I'm, I'm talking to you. <laughs> That's the reward here, buddy. Congratulations. <laughs> Another thing that makes me just the worst mom, and there are, there's really good data about this. There's really good, it flies in the face of everything I stand for as a responsive parent. When one of my children is pissed off and having really big feelings and verging on a full meltdown, a full catastrophic systemic collapse, of thought and nerves and everything, I send her to her room. You know, you've mentioned this before, and I never thought to put it in the bad mom category because I know that it's not an indefinite sent to room. It is a moment of regulation for you guys. Yeah. It's it's a regulation technique that I fully recognize works for that one child. The other two children, never. They would absolutely feel shut down by having to experience their emotions privately. But the girl child, no, no, no. Five minutes in her room to just scream it out. Perfect. Now we can move forward with the actual regulation. Yeah. So one of my regulation techniques, which is probably a bad mom uh, moment, I 
So if you have a kid that is like in a colossal meltdown, there's no way to regulate them in that moment. You've tried everything. You have to wait for the come down of the tantrum, right? We've talked about the tantrum arc. Tantrum arc. Yeah. And so what I'll do is to make it so I don't lose my mind, uh, mm-hmm. I'll harmonize. <laughs> Just meh, meh, meh. Yeah. I do. I'm doing it. Yeah. Do you start? Because here's the thing, though, is that it actually can like end up regulating because it's really silly. Because the, ah, and I'm like, ah, like, you you start like vibing to it. And they're like, what is happening right now? I have broken into a dance party because my boy child has a very rhythmic sort of wine cry. So I just start getting into the groove with it. Yeah. Well, because you can tell the difference between a kid who's really upset and a kid who is like staying upset. And, And that is a hard thing because that's not a thing where like, punishing them for right that is age appropriate but also like i'm not it is i have to teach you to not stay here yes like you don't deserve to feel this way i'll say i say that to my kids sometimes if they're like really upset and they're just staying there despite doing every regulation technique and it being kind of unreasonable now and i'll tell them like you don't deserve to feel this way anymore we don't have to stay here and it helps or you know you just harmonize whatever works so i think however i have the the crown of bad mom okay uh so we have been working with my little i'm going to start by telling a thing that i do well um we have been working with my littles on sight words and i got some flashcards. and at dinner we play a series of word games sometimes it's matching sometimes it's visual identification sometimes it's just chanting there's lots of ways that we handle the sight words and Abby was at the dinner table. She eats with us every night, but normally she doesn't really engage in the games because we only do it right at the very end because we do, in fact, have to focus on the food or right. get eaten. Right. So right toward the end of dinner, we break out the word. The, the We call them the games. It's really helping them with their sight reading. But Abby was in a silly, goofy mood yesterday. And she was like, well, show me one. I want to do a sight word. So I was like, all right. Bet. So I grabbed an index card that happened to be sitting on the table next to me and I wrote the word squirrel. <laughs> now I wrote the word squirrel. I know why you would have wrote that word. <laughs> because my daughter has a speech impediment. <laughs> and she went to speech therapy for a long time and she got her R's and she got her letter blends and she absolute success story. But words like squirrel and rural and whirlwind beyond her. Honestly, third, third tricky words they're tricky words they're hard words and i don't even have a speech impediment she cannot say them she uses replacement words so what did she what did she do she looks at me she looks at the word she looks at me she goes tree floof and then flips me off (laughs) (laughs) you have a cool kid (laughs) i'm working on spelling with my one kid she's reading at a really high level she's great handwriting Spelling's not her thing. And and with this kid, if if she doesn't have her own incentive for it to matter, it doesn't matter. And with spelling, she's like, she's fine just phonetically spelling things. And I'm like, "Mm, no, we actually, we do have to learn this, right? So we've turned it into this game. And so I'll like randomly say, okay, how do you spell witch? And she's like, witch, witch. And I said, that one. (laughs) And so when she goes to spell a word to me, she will spell it. And then I will phonetically say whatever it is she spelled. I do that too. So I'm like, mm, close, close. Like I, I, we were doing there and I said like their coat and she did the T-H-E-R-E and I said, that's their coat over there. Now their coat, right? And so we're kind of laughing and she's like, T-H-I-R-E, fire. 
she gets giggling about it, but it's made it like more fun. And so I think that's, you know, you have to tease your kids about things because they, they dish it out to you too. I mean, might we, re- might we remember when my 11 year old roasted the both of us? <laughs> <laughs> yes. We were, I mean, just absolutely. Yeah, we were, we were on a live stream and we were talking about how, like, we don't know how to make friends as an adult. Which you can find our live streams most weekday mornings over on the Tiki Talkie. Yes. And so we were talking about this and my kid was in the room and she heard us saying this and she goes, most because neither of you like people. <laughs> like just, just so casual, just like, mm. and like in motion, like you heard the Doppler effect as she walked past. It was just, it was just casual commentary. Mm-hmm. Zoom. Yep drive-by filthing is what that was. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. So if they could tease us, we can tease them back. I think it makes it more... But it's knowing when it's too far. If you accidentally go too far, you have to apologize. That's an important thing to teach our kids too. (laughs) But I think here's the most important thing of everything that we have discussed today. Not a single one of the things that we discussed today made us bad moms. No, we're good moms. We're great moms. We're amazing moms who are human and sometimes make the wrong choices on accident. Sometimes because we didn't have the information. Sometimes because it was survival. Yeah. It was this bad choice or an even worse choice of dealing with severe mental affecting sleep deprivation yeah. kicking in. And and so if you have made bad choices, that doesn't make you a bad mom. If you made what you thought was a good choice and later learned on it wasn't a good choice, that does not make you a bad mom. We are not going into parenting and our decision-making with mom shame driving the car. We are going to put put mom shame back in the trunk. We're going to put trying to make good decisions in that car seat we have strapped in with the anchor, not from the eighties, not from the eighties. Choose a current yeah, one. Use a current one, and we are going to accept that there is no such thing as a perfect parent, and that we are doing the best with what we have. And if we've made a mistake, we get to learn from it and do better, and we get to share that information with friends. But also, like, read the room. If it's a Facebook mom group and someone posted something and you're like, "That's wrong," like, you don't need to be mean to that person. That's fine. Like, you just skip that. Just skip that part. Bad moms never wonder if they're doing a good job. Good moms never stop worrying they're doing a bad one. And we're all good moms here, even you listening. And honestly, you know, all parents, I don't know, not everyone who's listening to us is a mom. You're doing a good job. I think I think you all need to hear that. The fact that you're even listening to a podcast about parenting, whether you're doing it to reparent yourself or you're doing it to parent your own children, you're you're you're, you're doing a good, good job. You're doing the good thing. We're proud of you. Do, yeah. <laughs> oh, and that's our timer. Shit. Well, <laughs> how how convenient that the timer went off right on that little bow on that package there. <laughs> I was going to keep going. I just was like, I'm going to give everybody like the best pep talk they've ever heard. <laughs> Sorry. Tune in next week where I say more nice things to you, my friends. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thank you so much for listening to Childproof from Betches Media. We want to hear your worst mom moments. Just the things that make you the best worst mom. Email us at childproof at betches.com. And be sure to give us a follow. I'm Tori Phantom in all the places and she's Mama Cusses. Make sure you're following at Betches Mom on Instagram too. Words are hard sometimes. It's a good thing you talk for a living. Honestly. <laughs> also, in case you didn't know, I have written a whole book called Mama Cusses, A Field Guide to Responsive Parenting and Trying Not to Be the Reason You're... By TikTok sensation. Quite a like. I 
hate you. <laughs> Trying not to be the reason your kids need therapy from St. Martin's Press. It is available for order pretty much everywhere you order your favorite books. And you should pre-order it. It's so good. It's so good. And also subscribe to our podcast and all your favorite podcast places and make sure to leave us a rating too. It helps and we love to read them. Remember, sometimes our kids are assholes. And sometimes it's us being bad moms. moms. Childproof is produced by Rebecca Salsmacow and Sean Kilby. Editing by Shannon Sassone. Social media by Lauren Salome. Guest booking by Allie Friedlander. Be sure to follow us at at Betches Moms on Instagram. And send us your email at childproof at Betches.com. Batches.